This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, another edition of Other Side of Texas. Rolling your way, we are right here in the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash around. For five years running, check out one of their five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash guaranteed. Check out our friends at racerwash.com. Want to be a part of the program today? Let me tell you what the program is going to be. And then you may want to interact, and you can do so on our text line, 806-745-5800. That's 806-745-5800. Lots of talk about the Lubbock Expo, the Lubbock County Expo Center. And a lot of talk about, of late, it ran in the AJ Today. We brought it to you earlier this week. What could new federal legislation that seemingly says you cannot tax rental cars at airports for projects away from the airport. That bill was signed into law. I had congressional aides and other people um, and other folks chime in today and told me it signed into law. And now it's a matter of interpretation. And it, it wouldn't be Lubbock or leave it if Lubbock was not leading the way in this effort, uh, I say this effort, it wouldn't be Lubbock or leave it if it wasn't Lubbock that was the trial case in this new law that came out of nowhere. I know many of you have been following. I know that this audience is, majority of this audience is, is our voters. If you're listening in Lubbock County, if you're listening outside of Lubbock County, I encourage you to listen to the conversation we got coming up with Tim Collins about five minutes or so from now. He'll be in studio. He's a steering committee member with the Lubbock County Expo Center effort and begin to think about the ramifications on proposals that may be coming not in November, maybe in the spring or, or otherwise, uh, how it could impact because Lubbock is really at the forefront on this issue. Tim Collins, uh, quite frankly, I don't know anyone who can better discuss this issue. Tim Collins, I think you'll, he's been on the program previously and I think you'll find him articulate and uh, transparent, and we'll walk through this issue and many more at the Lubbock County Expo Center. If you've got questions, unanswered questions about the Expo Center, we'll be taking those questions. Again, 806-745-5800. I will confess to you, I'm playing through the pain today. Big pains. Too much uh, not too much, the wrong Mexican food for lunch. And it has caused a lot of problems downstairs. I'm going to try to stay in this chair. I'm going to try for the duration of this program. But I I feel like, uh, I feel like dumb and dumber right now. I feel like I uh, took a, a gallon of laxative. It's been a rough day. I'm sweating. It's 70 degrees in the studio, but I've got sweat beads. and uh, But I'm going to play through it because we got to do some other side. Yeah, I appreciate that. Tracy says on the text line, thoughts and prayers. I, I need thoughts and prayers and a solution to my problem. Maybe for somebody to go out and do a health inspection of the, the joint at which I consumed my lunch today. 
It's, I mean, it, it, you ever been in one of those situations where it's Friday, so let let us talk transparently with one another. You get up from the meal and immediately you begin to feel the cramps. That's uh, what I got, and it's not a female-related cramp issue. At least I don't think. Woo. Uh, the big issue that I brought up yesterday on the program, just to set you up here. There is a state representative in Dallas, and his name, well, I'll get to it. Let's just say that he laid out in the, because it's not just him. Somebody, with politicians, somebody always put this in their ear. They didn't think of it themselves. But Kelly Hancock is a state senator. There are 31 state senators. Your legislature is starting up just after the beginning of the year, floated an idea, and I think I get, may get where he's coming from, uh, but he's trying to bring everybody to a baseline with school funding. Now, out in West Texas, I've said this over and over again, uh, Drew Darby, state representative out of San Angelo, may I do a Drew Darby impersonation? I wish we had this audio and I could just play it rather than me doing a poor man's Drew Darby. Public school dish. Independent school districts are the lifeblood of any rural community. And they are. But um, Kelly Hancock, in an interview with the Dallas Morning News, said, and this is how they wrote it, quote, he, he, Hancock, also offered an intriguing idea. Collect the property taxes paid by power generation plants into a state school fund Rather than local school funds, power plants are generally in rural areas where school funding needs are relatively small. Let me say that again. Are relatively small, and they pay big property taxes out of revenue that comes from all Texans who use electricity. Do all Texans use, let me pose this question to you listeners, do all do all Texans use power generated out of Hale County? Uh, no. No, they don't. And I ask that question because I am a proud Abernathy antelope. I'm putting my thumbs on my head, on both sides of my head, got my pinky fingers up in the air for my antlers. Abernathy antelopes and and I say to you this that in places like Abernathy Abernathy by goodness America the golden spread power plant there just just north of Abernathy their taxable value is three hundred and one thousand dollars just over $301,000. That's 50% of that school district's total tax base. 50%, Senator Hancock, 50%. I, I understand what you're trying to do, but to, to balance the books of a state and, quite frankly, a party that has abdicated the needs of rural, urban, and suburban Texas on the backs, to balance those books on the backs of rural Texas, is outright wrong. And there's a reason why, and especially as January comes around, you're going to understand why we named this program Other Side of Texas, because we're going to send a loud message from the other side of Texas. Abernathy also sends $150,000 in recapture back to the state. Now, memo Senator Hancock, who has been invited to come on this program. I've given them options next week, multiple options, and we'll see what he does with that. That makes my stomach hurt almost as bad as bad. Um, <clears throat> man, I really got Almost as bad as, uh, as Mexican food that I should not have eaten. We're going to go to a break. We're going to get Tim Collins 
uh, to talk to us a little bit about the Lubbock County Expo Center and how weird it is that his committee has had to deal with the October surprise from Washington, which has been just that, an October surprise. Stick right with us here. A lot coming up here on your end of week edition of the other side of Texas. Get some money. Be right back with you here hey welcome back to your other side this segment's brought to you by title one title one bringing you lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company title one committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes my all-world realtor wife loves these folks. And speaking of Abernathy, Texas, Prim Ryan there, Prim Ryan Nagley, excuse me, she was an Abernathy Lady Lope. If you believe you will achieve state Lady Lopes, uh, see how Title I can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Got a text in from Russell We'll get into this after Tim Collins. I won't. I won't engage it now. Yes, I have um, confirmed that Mickey Long, Texas Tech Regent Mickey Long, no longer chairman of the board at uh, Vista Bank. And I said yesterday on the program that there's a lot out there on Mickey Long. And before folks like me start digging in, I think that. Mickey Long ought to just go ahead and step down. I do not, I do not revel in another person's problems. But whenever you make decisions like the regents made behind closed doors to trust their fiduciary judgment, then their own, their own actions are then on the table. So to shift out of that, uh, we've got... Tim Collins here, and you don't have to comment on any of that, Tim Collins. We'll just get into a lot of other stuff. you got to smile like you. Do you have any comments there? I'm good, Jay. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, Tim Collins with the Lubbock County Expo Center effort. Uh, a lot, you got no notes in front of you. No. You're just here. Just here to see you. There's, uh, <laughs> there's not a big stack of papers. <laughs> you don't have your cell phone out. No, no. you don't. You're you're taking taking you know consultants aren't telling you what to say here so just you and I sitting here talking Tim so on you and I are friends to be transparent offline um, oh look sure and and we we enjoy one another I appreciate the work that you do in your various efforts here let's set the stage you have been a lead in the funding of the Buddy Holly. Hall for Sciences and Perform. How is it? The Buddy Holly Hall of Performing Arts and Sciences. And okay. yes, I'm a member of a of a nine person board that's been engaged in that project since 2013, along with uh, a couple of great staff members that have really helped us move that project forward. As you can see, when you drive down Marsha Sharp Freeway, I do. Uh, there's a there's a big building project going on there. How much was that? The uh, total budget, all-in budget's $154 million. Yeah. How much did did you assist in raising for that? Well, it, as a board, we're always involved in the in the fundraising effort. We've had uh, a number of local foundations uh, weigh in. We've had quite a few private dollars uh, weigh in on the project as well. And so we, we've been a part of it from the beginning. I'm not the direct fundraiser, uh, of course, but I've sat in on, on a number of different meetings. That How uh, long has that process been? We again. We started in 2013, and uh, yep. we started with with grants from the CH Foundation and the Helen Jones Foundation uh, that helped us get the project kicked off. Yeah, I just think it's important. So we can't put your LinkedIn bio up for everybody, but it's important to know who's in studio, somebody who's handled issues like fundraising for venues. And uh, you've certainly done that there at the Buddy Hall. I do like how you give a lot of other people credit. There, it takes a lot of other people to make things happen, Jay. You know that. All right. So, uh, Charity and I, actually, we need to get you a check for 
Buddy Holly Hall. I'm sure that you'll be calling me about that within the next 48 hours. Uh, Tim Collins here. So sometimes people call me the troublemaker, um, that I come across issues that are fairly random and then become larger issues. Last weekend, I came across an issue where the Federal Aviation Administration reauthorization Re, see, I almost said it without stumbling. Reauthorization Act of 2018, Section 159, run by, I believe, a Republican House member out of Illinois, another one from Tennessee. That they call it a discriminatory tax to tax rental vehicles at the airport for projects outside the airport. I said this morning on Wade Wilkes' show where one of your counterparts was on with us, that my, I've got a good friend named Benji Sneed who headed up KCBD as a news director for a long time. He would get on conference calls. He tells me this story, and I think it's really funny, because it's true. He would get on conference calls with his counterparts across that network, and they would talk about what they have on the docket. And it never failed to amaze his counterparts how many stories in which Lubbock led in a, in a national story? And I think this, quite frankly, is another instance because Lubbock has a proposal on a ballot that you guys submitted mid-August, Correct. the language for mm-hmm. it. And then the bill was signed by, passed out of uh, the Senate and House October 3rd, signed by the president on October 5th, and then it says that you can't – now, you may disagree. I'm going to lay out what I think. I, I think that it outlaws taxing rental cars at airports. But the intriguing part for me in a program that tries to appeal beyond Lubbock is that Lubbock now is – and excuse me, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's so crazy. Lubbock is the first to deal with this. So – Tell us a little bit about what your committee's done with this over the last week, and can you give us a projection on what the impact would be on your effort? Yeah, I can, and I, I, it is funny, comical. Uh, you know, Lubbock has been the innovator in so many different things, and, and here we are again having to do the very same thing. We plow new ground, it seems like, uh, all the time in this community, and, and this is no, no more than that, just another opportunity for us to, to plow fresh ground. It was a surprise to us, obviously, but you have to understand that ballot language comes from the attorney general. And in August, when the ballot language was approved, uh, I say attorney general, secretary of state, and I'm sorry if I get my if I get my uh, my governmental entities confused. But nonetheless, it came from Austin. It came from an authority uh, that manages elections in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. And so that's the ballot language. They approved it. They had no idea that this was going to be coming down the pipe. Now, what I've read... So that's an important point, that it was approved because I called the Lubbock DA's office and said, time out. It seems to me that what's on the ballot is could be considered to be illegal at this point after October 5, how is it on the ballot? And that, and I'm a little, quite frankly, I'm a little burned up with Glenn Hager here, the state controller, that I think there was some due diligence that the state should have done to let stakeholders know that this was out there, that it was approved by the attorney general of Texas says something that they didn't see a problem. And I, I don't, I'm going to call them on Monday morning and say, why did you approve this language if you knew this thing was coming down the pipeline? But go ahead. Well, and, and, and I don't have a timeline necessarily because this is so new. We don't have a timeline of when all of this was presented. As you mentioned earlier, this was an amendment to the reauthorization bill. And so it may not have landed in anyone's uh, purview and after, until after the August 13th date uh, when when we received the ballot language or had oh, approval so, of that. So, Oh, so you got it in on August 13th. Uh, days matter at this point. You, well, you and, submitted and, before, and then you got approval on August 13th. I'm, yeah, it, okay. Yes, or thereabouts. And okay. then, of course, the, the, the commissioner's court, I believe, approved the ballot in, on, in their meeting on August 20th. I believe that the DA's office submitted, or 
the county submitted, forgive me, the county submitted on August 22, but go ahead. Okay, so uh, when the amendment came, we don't know, and and, and that's all, it, it, it's, at this point, it's all, you know, what do we have to do to overcome it? First of all, this, the statute about venue taxes say, first and foremost, the first money comes from the hot tax. The hotel occupancy tax is the first money. The second money is the up to 5% rental car tax. Because I've heard people associated with or close to the steering committee say that the rental car portion was a quote-unquote backstop. Can you confirm that? That it was sure it, that it was hot, but the backstop was on the rental car tax. That's correct, and that's the way the statute reads. And so you work your way through that first the hot tax, and then and then the backstop is rental car. That's Which that's statute? a fine way to. I don't. You know, you know me, Jay. I don't have any letters after my name. I'm uh, besides volunteer. That's I've got the big V for volunteer, Jay. So, but but the bigger piece to this that we have to understand is that there is the potential of some loss bonding capacity to the project, but it was not the primary piece. It's not a piece okay. that can't be overcome. Tell us. So here's my understanding. Is, and I think it was important to get your bona fides out on the table with the Buddy Holly Hall. I'm just going to call it the Buddy Holly Hall, okay? That'll be good. Okay. To get your bona fides out on what is already on your record for money that you're and other people are capable of raising. My understanding is that the impact would be somewhere between 5 to $8 million, probably closer to 5 can you confirm that? We believe that's that is about right. But you um, still believe that on a thirty-year bond, you could you could pay it off ahead of time with just hot tax. Why? Well, I, you, do you pay it off ahead of time? I don't know. I think the hot tax revenue will cover uh, the borrowing, and that hot tax revenue will grow over time. Tell us where it is now and why you think it'll grow. Over well, time. Our, our current hot tax rate is 13%. Uh, this bond proposal, if approved, or this election proposal would raise it to 15%. Uh, what we have currently is $111, $112 million a year in hotel occupancy revenue in our city. And that has grown 24% over just the last five years. We currently have 800 rooms that are in the planning stages in addition to the 1,400 new rooms that have come online in the next in the last five years. And so we have 800 new rooms coming on board. We have a growing, vibrant city uh, that's consisted of, you know, several universities, a, a community college, uh, industry growing. We, we haven't even begun to see the, the benefits of this new Monsanto, uh, new, newly titled Bayer uh, seed plant. We we have so many great things happening in our city right now. We expect to see those revenues continue to grow. And when they grow, that hot tax revenue grows. That allows you to pay the bond off early. It allows you to do some things. So we feel comfortable, number one, that the hot tax is going to be able to take care of this. But if adjustments have to be made, then they have to be made. And it's important to understand that the comptroller tells you what your lending borrowing capacity is. It's not a random number that the steering committee gets to pull out of the air and hope that we can make the payments on. The comptroller's office gives you the numbers and says, you can do this. That's And that's and, the limit. And that's at, So what you've done essentially, what your committee has done, is gone in and said, we want 2%, $2 per $100 on hotel occupancy taxes. We want 5% on rental cars. Up to. Up to. Okay, prepositions are important on ballot language, and you're estimating that those are going to grow, that those revenues are going to grow. And I have to think, Tim Collins, that you and others are hoping that this football team, because I have said before on the program that I think in 2008, and this was 2008, I, this is why I have so much gray in my hair, but... In 2008, I believe the projection was that whenever Tech was playing a home game, that they and that was that was an outlier year. But four to six million dollars annual eco, or economic impact per game 
in Lubbock, Texas, whenever Tech was really rolling. You got to be really hoping that Tech beats the hell cakes out of Kansas tomorrow and begins to roll further so far as the hot tax is concerned. Well, we're excited about what tech does in, in every level, sports, academics, et cetera. You know, the, the community is is so centered around the university. But we also have to remember that there are 6 million visitors, 6.3 to be exact, visitors in our city every year. And at 60,000 folks a game and six games at home, that's 360,000. That doesn't begin to touch the amount of tourism that occurs in our city. And it's for a variety of reasons. It's medical tourism. It's business tourism. It's it's social or entertainment tourism. But that number is huge. And so you don't depend on any one thing. And that's what made Lubbock so wonderful. We have a very diversified economy yeah. here. And it's in and our tourism industry is a is a important component to that. Yeah. Um, the great Ben Barnes, former lieutenant governor of Texas, amongst other things, it came on this program once and said it's um, easier to, it's easy, how do you say it? It's easier to sell a bell of cotton than to pick a bell of cotton. And that's what he had to say about economic development as it, as it relates to uh, tourism. So Tim Collins, Lubbock County Expo Center Steering Committee member, uh, let's, you think, so give me the soundbite. If... And this is a strong if, because I raised the question as an if. If this winds up in courts, and it's surely too. I cannot imagine. Can you imagine Boston's and Portland's and Denver's finding out about this law, like Lubbock has found out about this law, with propositions on next spring and then next November? They're going to be up in arms. And I can just imagine that those two, Rodney Davis in Illinois, is going to have a lot of Republican colleagues at his neck about you did not let us know. Because the bill is thousands of pages long. As is every one of them. Sure. Well, especially a FAA. <clears throat> and usually that's just re-upped. They don't just reauthorize. They just kick it down the road, kind of like a farm bill. But I can't imagine the kind of hell to come that guy's about to catch. Um, but give us a soundbite on why if, if, the federal courts side with the likes of Enterprise, which has already notified Lubbock County, you can't tax us for a new venue project. If you're short that, let's say it's four and a half million, six million, how do you, what do you want voters to know about that? I think the important piece is to, under, to know that there are ways to overcome this. First of all, if you have to make uh, the project smaller or you have to cut some uh, some opportunities out of the building, then you can look at that. If there is a need to do some more private fundraising, uh, I, I think that's possible as well. We haven't really talked a great deal about the private opportunities that will be out there, but this, is, this building centers around uh, one of the legs of our economic stool, agriculture. And so we haven't talked to the Bayer folks uh, with their brand-new building. Uh, we haven't talked to anyone about the private piece of this. We have committed to raising $10 million privately for an endowment, and we've talked to folks about that, but we haven't even started understanding what the naming rights opportunities may be, mm. what the sponsorship opportunities may naming be, both local and national. You've, you've called it a building, but there are several buildings involved, several structures involved within Expo halls, the pins, the the dirt arena itself. Um, so there are naming rights capabilities that are beyond just the naming of the facility itself. Well, I mean, and, and you can call this building the Lubbock County Expo Center, presented by uh, yeah by 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 Jay Leeson and company. Joe, you know, yeah, hey, I, there you go. I'm, you you uh, promised me a check a minute ago, the, so let's talk about the that. other side of Texas. <laughs> Lubbock County Expo Center. Um, but it, almost like AT&T Jones Stadium. Of course. Yeah. Um, and and, and so, so there is a lot of opportunity there. What, what I think we have to understand is that through any process like this, you're going to find a curve in the road. So We found a curve in the road this week, and, and we're going to navigate around it just like we need to to make sure that at the end of the day we've yeah. gotten where we want to go. Yeah. And I said this. I was sat in on Wade Wilkes' show, Plays AM580. For those listening on the podcast, these same studios sat in 
with one of your cohorts on the steering committee and I made I'm I like the project to be transparent. I do like the project. And I brought the question up because I live in a place in which the most radicalized people politically are people that have gotten burned on particular situations. I do, and I want to say this publicly, I do not believe that the Lubbock County Expo Center effort was leading anybody around the bush. That I honestly believe, based on conversations with you and several other members of your steering committee, that you did not know about this. And I wanted to raise the question before the election because I didn't want people to feel like they'd been finagled after the election. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense, and we would never want that. I mean, any of us, we, I've lived in Lubbock for 40-plus years. I've grown a family here. I've grown a business here. And, and the last thing I want to do is put my name on something uh, that, that has any clout or taint over it, and, and I never would. And, and so when you raised this question. It was a surprise to us. We've all kind of reacted to uh, to figure out best we could, and what we've all determined is what you've just said, that eventually this is going to end up at, at a, in a courtroom somewhere for somebody to decide. Between now and then, we still need to move forward, and we need to take it uh, take this situation and make the best out of it. Okay, a couple of questions. We're going to go to break. You and stick with us? Absolutely. Okay, a um, couple of questions that I've got coming up. At one point, it was a 20-year bond. It moved to a 30-year bond. Um, at least that's what I read in reports, 20-year to 30-year. And then uh, San Angelo came across a piece last week. The San Angelo Coliseum, which is somewhat dated, does, and I got this from a 2015 piece, $2.5 million a day for the fifth biggest rodeo in the country, and then they run two weeks of livestock shows, $2.5 billion a day over the course of 21 days. That's the, that's the economic impact for San Angelo. That's almost the asking price if you went above $40 million for the Expo Center. I want to get into the dollars and cents with Tim Collins as we roll long stick right with us here. Going to go make a little profits on the show. Speaking of economic development and lease households, stick right with us here on the other side. Yeah, man, raving on. Some solid West Texicanism just about our place here and raving on about it. And I don't care what you think. They're on the left or right. I come from a different school, and it's about where we live. This segment of The Other Side of Texas brought to you by, sponsored by, I should say. That's the language in front of me. Sponsored by the law firm of Mullen Horton Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Your questions continue. Uh, we got, we're a little bit behind. 806-745-5800. Text those in. 806-745-5800. Tim Collins. Steering committee member with the Lubbock County Expo Center with us here on the program. I appreciate you walking us through the question I raised on the rental car. I think that uh, on the rental car taxes, and I know that I can just, I can only imagine that it's the week before early voting and you get an issue like that thrown at you. And uh, by Donald Trump of, <laughs> of all people. Of all yeah, people. of yeah. all people. So, um, Tim Collins, here's in writing, in admittedly, my head has been so deep in uh, Rager Gate, what we call Rager Gate here on the program, and what we call Regent Gate on the program, that we have not. What do you got? Thanks. Uh, that we have not looked into this Lubbock County Expo. Last weekend was my first foray into it and this is what I came across and I appreciate you dealing with that question here on the program I know it may be something that people and this is my deal in writing the piece I had two questions I'm going to get the second one that's going to pivot but 
I wanted to know what the impact was going to be. Sure. Because here's the thing is that people look at it and they say, if you look at the ballot language, up to 5% on car rentals, up to 2% on hotel. So if you don't know much about what's going on, then you would think, oh, man, their primary piece has now been taken away from them. Well, and and a federal judge is going to put a stay on all tax collection from rental car companies based at airports. And I just think by virtue of it being a two versus 5% that people would think, oh, the primary piece. But I think it's important that you lay out, yeah, five million, give or take a million. Five million, give or take a million. But the ballot language says 2% on hotel occupancy, and that's a fixed number, and it can only be changed in increments of 2%. It's why we talk about Lubbock at 13, other cities at 15, other cities at 17. So that's that's a 2% kind of a fixed Oh, you can't bit. ask for a 1%. You cannot ask for a 1%, best okay. I understand, and I'm, I'm yeah. not sure exactly why it works that way, okay. but that's what I understand. My second that. question in getting my head out of the respective gate controversy season coming around to the Lubbock Expo Center, Lubbock County Expo Center, proposed Lubbock County Expo Center this weekend was in looking through, and what I do, I've got my big, massive iPad, and I take stories, and I highlight, and I make notes. There were a lot of stories that said this was a 20-year bond. I think the Lubbock Avalanche Journal had it at 20, and then other stories said 30-year bond. Um, Talk to listeners about, is there a bond right now, which I don't think there is, but is there a bond, and was there ever a shift in your committee's thinking on 20-year to 30-year? First of all, there's not a bond. The, the, uh, the vote on November 6th authorizes the opportunity to uh, for the county to sell a bond, so there's not a bond at this moment. Um, and so that's that's first and, and very very important. Nothing's been done uh, that that has spent any money or borrowed any money or, or sold any bonds. First of all, the the second piece to that, whether it's 20 years or 30 years, I don't think our steering committee has ever made a qualifying statement to say it's going to be this or it's going to be. So that. you don't. So it's still up in the air. It's, it's very much still up in the air, and and a lot of that has to do with the economics that we find uh, with that at the time of, you know, what's the interest rate going to be? Uh, what what makes the most sense for the project in terms of the time Is that the you use? Is the interest rate typically, now I'm just a citizen that's fortunate to be behind a m- microphone, interest rate typically higher on a 30-year than a 20-year? I don't think so, no. What's that and, process look like to get a bond? Well, that's that's something that the gover- the county government will engage in to make that happen. I'm the I'm the citizen on the other side of the mic, Jay. I've never sold a bond for a county government. I've never been elected an elected because official. Curtis Parrish, incoming county judge, has said that he will, if voters approve, and he's not been. I cannot say that about, and you don't have to engage this point. But there are a couple of people, well, there's one in particular that calls himself the soon-to-be county commissioner. He's still in the middle of a race, a November ballot race, uh, that has been very active on this issue. Incoming county judge Curtis Parrish, it's crickets other than if it passes, then we'll engage it and we'll support it. If a majority of Lubbock County voters go in for it, we're, we're going to. But it would be Parrish and the commissioner's court at that point on November, beginning November 7, or maybe after the results come in on November 6, that begin to engage whether this is a 20 or 30 year bond. There's a great deal of work. This is what I've, I've, you know, hope to emphasize the most. There is a great deal of work and information gathering that would start on November 7th. If the election were successful. And and some of that work takes time, some of that work takes money, uh, and so we have to understand, first of all, do we have a project or not? And that's determined on November 6th uh, at the election. Beyond that, that work then begins. And yes, a, a committee, a nonprofit organization would need to be formed. Uh, the county commissioner's court, along with the county judge, would would then engage with this group to create a public-private partnership, and, and that process gets started. But there's really not a whole lot of reason, frankly, to do much of that work uh, until we know that we have a project. The way I've heard it is that the project, whether it's 40 or $50 million, and it's important, let's start here, 
it's important for people to know, from my point of view, that the artist renderings that we've seen, that we've put up in our social media posts, that other people are just that. There is nothing planned at this point. That's correct. These are just artist renderings, renderings. of what it could this look like. This is not like. architect and engineering. This no. is just renderings. This is three colors on, on paper or, 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 or foam board. Absolutely, yes, yeah. it's eye candy. It's, it's to help understand, though, to give us all a base point to understand what this building could so look like. Effectively, voters are going to the polls to give the county commissioners authorization to take that from eye candy to reality. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, on the 20 to 30 year, could you pay off? In your estimation, Tim Collins, could you pay off a 20-year bond early just on hot taxes, or would it have to be a 30-year bond? I think it, th that's dependent upon the amount of funding that's needed, the amount of funding that the that the revenue stream will support. And, and so those are the things that we'll have to work out in conjunction with the commissioner's court, in conjunction with... Uh, the comptroller's office to to know what that is, and and then the marketplace too, because you're selling those bonds out into the marketplace, and so uh, the private sector gets has some determination about interest rates. Not not only are we going to take you to six, we may take you a few minutes beyond six. That'll be fine just to give you a heads up there. Who this has been one question I've had. Who owns? this building and the, that for me is a bigger question what i'm about to ask you is a bigger question than the rental car federal uh, roadside bomb that's just gone off okay who owns this building in the end once the bond is paid off how does that work so under the under the bond the county would own the land in the building through the process of paying it off then it belongs to the county it would then be the determination of the county as you know what do we want to do with this do we want to continue to own it do we want to grant it to the nonprofit and we're like 20 years from now or 30 okay. sure and so we're talking about a decision that's a long time out there that really doesn't need to be the focus so much right now the focus is you know, how can we get through this election process? I feel like we do. I feel very confident that the uh, the voters in, in Lubbock understand the big picture of what this project can bring to us. Tim Collins, a lot of people hear you and they see they see the work that you've done on Buddy Holly Hall, that here's a guy that, you know, okay, so the federal the feds pass this law and maybe five million short but here's a guy who's re helped raise helped raise over a hundred million dollars there are a lot of questions out about can bond money be used for operations and maintenance that's a big question for a lot of people too about sure we think that tim collins and the like on that steering committee yeah they can they can get to the 40 to 50 million but can they ensure operations and maintenance that our property taxes in Lubbock County don't wind up being utilized for the operations, maintenance, and upkeep, because we're not real good at upkeep in Lubbock County. Uh, what do you tell listeners who struggle with that? Well, the, the statute does allow for the bond money to be used for debt service, for operations, for maintenance. What our organization has promised to do is to raise an endowment for that operational component. And you build these processes in, and we've done it at, at uh, Buddy Holly uh, also. There is a piece of the rent that you would charge to a user for that building that goes into a maintenance fund. How much is your endowment at Buddy Holly? It's uh, the the maintenance endowment that's begun currently is sits at about four million dollars, okay. and it's and it's uh, it's a part of our fundraising component uh, that's being done today. But we're also you know continuing to raise money for the building construction as well. Okay, uh, man, I really love how you just get in and out of a question. All these rapid fires. Going to go to a quick break. Here's where I want to introduce the conversation. Or we come back in, is is the endowment is the purchase acquisition of land that's supposed to be just outside the loop, the North loop on North university. Is that deal in place or is it a contingency and the endowment I've heard from fellow members of your committee is $10 million. Is that money that's already been given or pledged? That's where we're going to pick up. I know you want to answer now. 
Maybe you don't, based on the face that you're giving me. But uh, we're going to pick that up right here on the other side. All things Lubbock County. Yeah, some Gringo honey, we'll be right back with you here after this short break. On the other side. Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. Hey, welcome back in Waylon. Uh, lots of residue on these walls from smoke of uh, what Wayland may or may not have been consuming here at uh, historic AM58. You know, I call that a lot of times, but let me be humble, too, and tell you that um, whenever I say historic 580, AM580 Lubbock, um, whenever I mention people like Buddy Holly and uh, Wayland Jennings, there's not been a lot done to these studios since Buddy Holly and Waylon Jennings <laughs> were broadcasting. And I do. I really appreciate comments I get on the podcast about um, it, it sounds different. We really appreciate how it. You know, lots of podcasts are super well done with you know big time equipment, and lots of people like to just listen to something that sounds like a throwback. I appreciate that. Uh, this segment. Brought to you by Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services. Do you know somebody who needs some document storage and shredding services? Where do you live? It might be you. It might be somebody else. They've been providing those services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992. I use them. You'll love them. LubbockFileRoom.com for a free and hassle-free estimate. Call 806 744 Seven six six six. Continuing on with Tim Collins in studio. Tim, let's start with the question I posed as we went into break: Is the land purchase final, or is it contingent upon a vote? Well, of course, it's contingent upon a vote. Uh, there is there's a, a handshake agreement in place that says this is where we want to be. The owner says we want to have you here, uh, but there's there's no uh, land deal until the vote's approved, and then the negotiations and contracts uh, are are put together. Let me tell you something that's really been grinding my gears, and this is the sort of stuff that I really can get on a riff about. I want to come back to the donor, the endowment donor money here in a moment on whether that's a pledge or, or where that is right now, the $10 million. But some news this week and lots of, shall I call it, whisper campaign. Patty Jones is a Lubbock County Commissioner. Patty Jones is also now a widow. Patty Jones owns land, and some say that they imply that your purchase the committee's pending purchase of land north of the loop, North University, that somehow she would be making money off of that. I think it's patently false, and I don't appreciate it. I think it is, I think it's just kicking somebody while they're down, frankly. Outgoing County Commissioner Patty Jones. Can you speak to where her land is located adjacent to? the land that you're seeking, the hundred acres that you're seeking, your, your committee is seeking? Sure. And, and I think it's very unfortunate that Commissioner Jones has been brought into this conversation. Uh, she and her husband is, have owned that piece of property for, I think what I understood was nine or ten years, had farmed it for many years prior to that. Uh, but it's due north of the property that we're talking about. And, and the work that we're doing with the existing landowner there uh, is, is just for a part of interior uh, land space. The the access in front of university or in front of the uh, of the loop access road is, is not something that that we're engaged in or want to be a part of. So so first of all, understand we're just buying the back piece of a piece of property, not looking at the commercial frontage. Uh, the commissioner's land is behind that, and I, I believe it's uh, uh, maybe a half section or, or a quarter section that has frontage on university continuing to the north, has frontage on Kent Avenue, which is, you know, not much more than a farm-to-market road, two-lane farm-to-market road without an improved shoulder. Um, and so when I look at that piece of property, and you understand that I'm a small uh, small developer, I've got a development project in, in uh, Lubbock going on right now, 
I look at that and think about the potential use, and I think we have to understand that any commercial development that would have come because of the Expo Center is going to come uh, right around us. It's going to come on University, or it's going to come on the Access Road right around us. And so any commercial development that would occur beyond that is going to be a long time coming. And then you look at long the back. time, 10 years? or at, You know, who knows? After but at best. Yeah. But at best, it's, it's 10 years out. Let's... The land that's adjacent, and this is the point I want to make, the land that's adjacent to the Expo Center, frankly, I think from a residential standpoint, has been devalued because I don't think I want my house to be next door to a facility that's hopefully running seven days a week, that's running all kinds of hours, that's bringing in horses and cattle and and, and bringing in activities on the weekend that may or may not be allowed. I think it may have devalued our property. All of a sudden, you're going to get a few tons of, uh, cow, how shall I say, cow patties if you're to the north in a good south wind. Well, that, yeah, that's a piece of it, but I just think there's an awful lot of activity that's now next to your neighborhood that may not be, may not be desirable. I just so, think it's really, un- the conversation, I think, is, is really unfortunate with regards to Commissioner Patty Jones. The other Let's, piece of that that I want to point out is that the commissioner had no prior knowledge of this being a targeted piece of property because as a steering committee, we had no prior knowledge that this would be a targeted piece of property. The fairgrounds, I've talked with somebody earlier this week, a name that you would know, I've not got permission to drop his name here, talks about the dream intersection in Lubbock. The dream is that you look off and you see a new glass box citizen's tower. You see a new Buddy Holly Hall. And then you turn back towards the east and you see a new expo center at the fairgrounds. The fair operates as a five, you're seeking to operate as a 51C3. Your books will be public record mm-hmm. at that point. The fair operates as a 501C5, which is an agricultural designation because the fair, so far as I can tell, is in business 10 days out of the year. It may have hog show, another show, and then it has the fair itself for seven days. Alan Henry and other folks with the fair board, my understanding is that they had the option to have the expo center at the fairgrounds, which it would make a lot of sense to a whole lot of people. Tim Collins, rather than North University, north of the loop, why is the expo center's desired site not at the fairgrounds? I think that there's there's a number of things in play there, Jay, that we have to understand. We've had conversations with the fair board and, and Mr. Henry in particular. We've got sizing issues and we've got growth issues. Uh, their particular piece of property has some limitations in size. I believe it's about 70, 70, acres, 70 acres. And, and we've, but from the beginning, sought out 80 to 100 acres. And so there's there's a piece of that. What you talked about is uh, as a C5, they're an agricultural education component. We've got a little bit of mission. So they pay out scholarships. Exactly. And that's how they keep their designation. Exactly. And they do a tremendous job with scholarships and assisting nonprofit organizations in our community through the uh, through the fair and through the other activities that they do. And our building is, you know, we, we see it all the time on, on the Facebook post, you know, this building's got to make a profit. This building's got to make a profit. Well, their mission is different. And their mission is very critical uh, to our community in a different way. And, and I think the mission of the Expo Center is critical. It's, a, it's an economic mission. It's an opportunities mission. It's a growth mission for our city uh, going forward. And, and their mission is established, and it's an education mission. So. If I don't speak for people off air, but I got the privilege of a microphone, so I will speak for other people. Let's say Alan Henry is sitting here and says, um, Tim Collins... Steering Committee, Lubbock Expo, Lubbock County Expo Center, I would back your project, because my understanding is he's not backing your project. I would back your project if it were just an arena and just that. No expo halls, no new pins. What would you say to folks who say, just make it an arena and you've got a landslide election? Well, I think we've got to understand the facility and the facility needs. that You cannot operate... 40 weekends a year, two nights 
per weekend and expect that facility to be sustaining. And that's what we saw at the city. That's what we had with the that's municipal. You think, you think this thing will be in operation 40 weeks a year? I think the building will be in operation 40 to 45 weeks a year, and I think it will be in operation five to seven days a week. That's what it has to be. If it's only a weekend event center, then it's not going to carry itself. We have to grow business, and it will take time. That's what this endowment is about, is giving the facility time to find its legs, to find the opportunities that were out there. I was talking to someone uh, just a few days ago, and they, they were talking about a facility and, a, and a, uh, an event that occurred in, and maybe it was in Georgia, 7,000 entrants in a horseshoe pitching contest. 7,000 interests. That's the kind of thing that we have to find here in Lubbock, Texas. What's the audience for something like that? 7,008. <laughs> you know, but the, but the thing eight about moms, it is, yeah, but same. you have 7,000 visitors in the community, yeah. and they probably bring their children and wives or, or husbands, depending on which one of them participates. But these are the kind of events that we have to find to utilize this facility. And, and this is just an off-the-cuff example, but those things are out there for the city of Lubbock to capitalize on, and that allows us to show off our great university, our great people, our great restaurants, everything that makes this city great gives us a chance to show it off to someone who otherwise hasn't been here or wouldn't be coming here. Except at that Mexican food restaurant that I ate at at lunch. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surprised I even came in. You, you started talking about this while I was outside, yeah, Jay. And it, I, but it's not been rough. I'm, I'm playing through it. Um, Tim Collins, as we close out here, I mentioned the endowment. Is that money pledged? Is it a handshake, or do you have it in a bank account? That money is $10 million. That money is pledged. That money is a handshake. That money is what we're working on going forward. I will tell you straight up, it's not in the bank. We don't, our nonprofit organization has been filed with the IRS and, and with the feds. The numbers haven't been returned. We couldn't accept money if we got it today. So it's not in the bank. But it, it will be there. And this is the thing that I think, again, we talk about the county commissioner's court and, and their input into this. I think it's something that they would require we have before they sell the bonds or before we turn the dirt or, or whatever the case may be. We want to be transparent with that. They want to ensure that what we have promised comes to fruition and i think those checks and balances are that's what the american government's all about seeing so you've got 10 million dollars over handshakes that's so you've got agreements gentlemanly agreements maybe gentle lady agreements of 10 million We've got several of those working. Do they total $10 million? I don't know. I mean, the Randy, and, but the goal is $10 million, and the requirement to start would be $10 million. Right. Um, You know, Randy and Burl are working on some of those things. I haven't been party to that, but I can assure you that that's where we are. What we're pledging to do is to make sure that that happens, that it's done well. The important number here, Jay, this is the important number, zero property tax dollars going into this facility. That's what, if, if there's anything that local, came out of this hour, property any local. property tax dollar, okay. any property tax dollar, revenue streams from hot taxes, uh, yet to be determined whether that revenue stream comes from rental cars, but zero property tax dollars go into this project. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to leave those texts. I think I answered without attributing names some questions there. I really appreciate it. One, one person texting in. And I think it's important. I brought up Alan Henry's name, and I said this this morning on Wade Wilkes' show. It's kind of like Bob Duncan. People's opinion of Alan Henry is somewhere between um, it's hard not to like him to I revere him, as opposed to Jay Leeson, where it's that's the sorriest SOB in Texas, if not the planet, to, yeah, I kind of like him. And that's important to bring up about Alan Henry. If folks want to see more, we start early voting on Monday. Folks want to see more about the Lubbock County Expo Center effort. Tim Collins, where can they go? We've got a great Facebook page, Lubbock County Expo Center uh, on Facebook. There's a lot of information there. I'd invite your comments there and, and to, um, to call me personally. I'd, I'd love to talk to you and answer questions. Are you going to give yourself? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, Tim Collins, we appreciate you coming in, staying overtime with us. I thought this was going to be like a 30-minute conversation, and and uh, I really like to get in the weeds and engage the issue. And I hope, again, I hope that you and your committee understand that 
my sense is that within my place, I serve as, I don't mean to sound sanctimonious, but I serve as a sounding board for questions that need to be asked. And I appreciate you coming in here and answering those questions. Well, and I appreciate the opportunity. There is no information is worse than bad information, and bad information uh, is is worse than having the truth. And I hope that through this and, and other, uh, other opportunities that we make sure that people understand uh, what is the truth uh, as best we know it at, at the time. Uh, we thought we knew the truth August 13th and August 20th, and, and that changed. Changed, no. uh, but we deal with it as it got here. I, again, I, let's pick up where we started to, to close the circle. I really think that there are going to be some people at the statewide level that are just imagine. I, I've had statewide reporters reach out to me to say, wait, what are you talking about with this rental car thing? How that's going to play in Collin County, how that's going to play in Tarrant County, and Boston, Logan, or Kansas City, it's going to be, like I said earlier, there are going to be a lot of congressmen going to Representative Davis' office in Illinois saying, what did you get us into? Because it's raised all sorts of hell. Tim Collins, thanks for coming in. Big week next week. Uh, we've got, golly, as always, Scott Braddock, Ross Ramsey, Chris Level, and our friend Brandon Darby's down on the border. We'll check in. I think we'll have him in here next week. Three months of not smoking for Tim Collins, for uh, myself, Jay West Texas Lease. And I appreciate you tuning in. Going to get home. Got to get home. Got the Red Raiders tomorrow at 2.30. And then the flag football Vikings at 12 and 1. Going to get done with those games and run right on to Jones AT&T Stadium. Have a great weekend and hope that that wind blows a little bit. I don't usually hope uh, that the wind blows, but I hope it blows through that cotton pretty well this weekend. We'll see you next time on your other side of Texas. Oh, timeout. Timeout. We're also going to try to get Kelly Hancock. Open invitation. Come on the show. Talk about taking power plant money from rural communities. Bring it on to the other side. We'll see you next time.